Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Sohana Arni, L-C-M-I-E-S. She has experienced many of the aspects of the lighting profession, from starting her career as a specifying engineer to outside specification sales. Love that she was in sales, by the way. Manufacturer rep to custom lighting product development and sales management, and even a little bit of lighting design. At Cooper Lighting, she has held roles in product management, marketing management, manager of architectural markets over a few architectural brands, and currently is the director of marketing and design for 3D printing. She brings over 20 years of experience. She, she also created and developed the first acoustic lighting product series for Cooper Lighting called ShaperSense. This product series has earned eight awards and recognitions. Greg, this is going to be a good one. I feel like it. But here, oh, yeah. just like before we do, we have to, you have to tell the folks, go to cooperlighting.com. at C-O-O-P-E-R-L-I-G-H-T-I-N-G.com. Greg Eric. That's right. Cooper Lighting Solutions delivers forward-thinking lighting solutions in an industry-leading portfolio of indoor and outdoor lighting, lighting controls, and smart lighting systems that improve people's well-being while making buildings, homes, and cities smarter and more sustainable. These solutions are specifically designed to simplify and personalize lighting, solve complex business challenges, and leverage data insights to meet the unique needs of their customers. Cooper Lighting Solutions is a business unit of Signify, the world leader in lighting, and seeks to unlock the extraordinary potential of light for brighter lives in a better world. For more information, where should they go, Mike? Yeah, you know, before we tell them where to go, <laughs> which we do a lot, actually, um, the... <laughs> The, the product, the, the Shaper Sense, has earned awards and recognitions. I thought you were going to talk about it, but Architect Magazine Spring 2019 Selection, Best of Neocon Gold 2019 Lighting and Hospitality, IES Progress Report, obviously a high-level award there, SSL Magazine 2019, Architectural Products Magazine 2019-20, Good Design. Sohana has earned 13 patents. Aha. And... Two Bachelor of Science degrees in Chemical Engineering and Architectural Engineering. I had to go back to her because I thought it, I thought it was so good. I thought it was an ad. But anyway, <laughs> you go to cooperlighting.com. That's C-O-O-P-E-R-L-I-G-H-T-I-N-G.com. And, of course, the national, new members of the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. We want to welcome them in and let them know that this is the place to be. Sohana Arni, welcome to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So that that's a big reason we had you on. It was to talk about the product, Mike. I mean, the product and the idea in general, that's what we want to do today. Um, and, and some of your background as well. Uh, so let's, let's kind of dive into it right away with the acoustic lighting. Uh, so Cooper has an acoustic line, as, as Mike mentioned there. When did you guys get started in that market and, and why? So <clears throat> I would say it probably was the um, summer of, I would guess, like 2017. We have um, a yearly sort of product pitch to our executive teams. And I had actually just added more curiosity than anything um, in my own personal interest in sort of hospitality, decorative, sort of looking at other places to, to find sort of inspiration. Um, I attended a, an event called Neocon. And if uh, I don't think most people on the lighting side probably are familiar with it, but it's basically a once a year event normally held in Chicago at the Mart, which is about a city block. They used to have their own zip code. That's how big it was. Uh, it's about 
18 or 19 stories um, right on the river. And they have an event for interior designers, architects, you know, for, for the most part, any profession that wants to understand sort of the commercial furniture interior space market. Um, this, this event, just to give you some relativity is, you know, we've, we maybe pulse 20, 25,000 people to attend light fair. It's three times that big. And so you can imagine that it draws a lot of, of attention and a lot of prowess. And, um, and so, you know, I remember asking my boss at the time, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in this event. I'd like to go see it. And so I actually did that a couple of years in a row. And what I noticed between, you know, year one and year two of attending was the amount of companies and manufacturers that were geared towards some sort of sound absorption or sound mitigation type products. And, and I would say it was probably like a 30% increase between the two different years, which sort of, you know, was sort of like an aha moment, like, Okay, so hang on a second. On here. Here. Hang on a second. Hang on. <laughs> so you're All talking right. about acoustic light. You're talking about light fixtures that also are sound dampening. Sound absorbing. Correct. Sound absorbing. Okay. And so, so that the actual fixture itself is actually like my studio here, which has mm -hmm. sound dampening equipment all over it. And so when you come in here, it's super quiet. And you guys are, how is this accomplished? So it's really through the material. So it, it's sort of like, you know, you, you look at the lighting industry and it's like, okay, we, we know how to make lights, but there's a whole side, another industry, you know, you, I can see the acoustic tile ceilings uh, above your desk, you know, you, you, there's sound absorption happening. You know, when you have hard surfaces that do a lot of reflection, but you need, you, you notice it when you're in a space that has terrible, just like lighting, it, terrible sound absorption because you can't hear people. I mean, think about really beautiful restaurants that you're sitting across from someone about three feet away and you're leaning in like, what? You know, because- But that's good just, sometimes. That's good, good sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes it's good. Depends, depends on what you're talking about with the person beside you and you don't want anyone else exactly. to hear. Exactly. Or so. your audience, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you don't want to be yelling across the, sure. your table, right? So, yeah. So, so you're at the so, show. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and just and being able to kind of observe sort of the differences of what this industry was looking at, that sort of leads you know us as lighting people to kind of be like, hmm, what's going on over there? This is a corporate interiors or commercial interiors or hospitality or whatever, right? I mean, it could be exterior as well, but th there's something going on over here, and people are paying attention to sound and and in a different way, and you know, observing a, like a, a company I'd seen that was traditionally a furniture or slash materials company at attempting to do lighting, it's sort of like an aha moment. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're the lighting people. We know how That's to make That's a paradigm lights. shift. <clears throat> yeah, it, it was just sort of an observation to sort of say, I think we should be able to integrate both uh, and, and we can figure it out. You know, lighting is actually somewhat complicated, right? It's based on physics and it's based on, um, you know, attributes of that. And, and so, you kind of want to marry the two together and be like, all right, let, if we put sound absorption materials on our fixtures, maybe that could help with a number of different things, right? Installation, total cost, you know, price to the owner, whatnot. So yeah, th there was just sort of a, you know, kind of a thought moment there. They're like, hmm, maybe this is something else that we could look into. So the, the silence movement, 
Um, so we have a, <laughs> another podcast. No, it's important. We have another podcast yeah. called Starving for Darkness. That show could also be called mm-hmm. Starving for Silence. And it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't change it much because, you know, darkness and silence, like quiet, is something that a lot of people are lacking in their lives right now. There's, no, there's a lot of clatter. There's mm-hmm. a lot of din. There's a lot of things going on around people, the honking of horns, the, the beeping of phones, the alerts, alerts, alerts. And if you can add yeah. to that sense of calm, if you ever came into the studio and sat down, the first thing everybody says, it's so quiet in here. Um, so I think there's something to that. Um, and you guys incorporated these materials and these uh, forms into your light fixtures. Yep. And, and not only that, we, you know, being part of Cooper Lighting, you know, you have you, you sort of want to make sure that whatever you come out with is top of the top line. Right. So you want to make sure you've done your homework, that these fixtures actually do what they say. And not just that, hey, we put some stuff together and slapped it together and threw it out in the market. So we wanted some resilience in our product offering. And in that, we actually partnered with what we felt was the industry's best in a company called Phil's Felt. Uh, just to give you a perspective, Phil's Felt is owned by Noel, who got a company or acquired by Herman Miller. That positions them at three, I think approximately $3.6 billion, the largest commercial contract company in the world. But really, it's just about the fact that they had this amazing offering of stuff that we just felt like these guys are the best. <laughs> we, you know, so we approached them and and asked, hey, we make lights. You guys make sound absorption material. Why don't we partner together? And and thus a partnership was born. So hey, you said they do what they say. So what is it that you're saying? And how do you know that they're doing what they're saying? Oh, good question. So they have materials that we felt were superior or the way that they approach the market. And so we, with an, quite a bit of iteration and, and product uh, iterations, developed some products that we felt were sort of superior in terms of sound absorption. And guess what? They perform really well in terms of lighting. So you kind of integrate both. Um, and, and the way that we validated this was not only did we go to one testing lab in the U.S., we went to two, the two top um, sound I don't know, sound labs, maybe that's the best way to put it. One is located in Buffalo, one is in Chicago. And we actually tested both um, just to make sure because we knew that we were going to be benchmarked and, and sort of, you know, if we don't do things right, <laughs> people are going to come come after. So we want to make sure we tested it in different methods. Um, and, and, you know, that's what, why we're able to publish the results that we have. I think just to kind of tie it back to those awards, and, and, and I'm not going to say this permanently, and maybe someone can correct me, but I want to make sure. At last, I knew that we were the only acoustic integrated lighting product that was recognized by the EIS. So that's Well, just you're the first one to tell us about it on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. So it, whatever it is, let's go. We're good to go. <laughs> I never heard of this before. I think it's pretty cool. So sure. what you're doing is you're contributing to the sound dampening or the sound absorption within a space along with other. So you're you're sort of melding the lighting into other aspects of building a, a comfortable space. And so the lighting is now, you're not compromising the lighting at all, but then you're adding to that sound dampening. Do I have it correct? Correct. Um, even in terms, I would pivot to say that with our products, because of where the positioning of the, the, the lighting is within the acoustic product gives you even glare reduction because 
when you look at wellness, uh, the well building kind of attributes and what they consider important, direct glare, you know. With, so the light is all light. indirect. The light is indirect off the ceiling and out and the bottom of the fixtures are sound dampening? Nope, it's all direct indirect. Okay, but direct But because indirect. of the cavity of, yeah, the cavity okay. of the fixture kind of gives you this sort of ability to, you know, it's sort of a, the way we designed it was sort of an open window. When it's off, you can actually look through it. So it's not mm. so, you know, uh, overbearing if it's a large constructed fixture in a space. But then when it's, when it's on, um, you have this performance product that distributes light, as we would expect from, you know, conglomerate type to actually produce performance lighting. But now you've encompassed it within sound absorption materials. But when you actually put it in the space, what we really, and I would say we theoretically say that it's also sound blocking because it's stopping sound waves from kind of going through the space and sort of helping eliminate that sort of reverberation that kind of occurs. Because you're in a nice studio space, you've got it controlled, everything's probably been dialed in to what kind of minimizing any sort of like echoing within your The only echo comes off the light fixtures. So we gotta get we gotta get some of these lights into the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast studio, Greg Eric. Look, man, I'm pretty excited about this. I think I could hook you up. Yeah, maybe. Okay, let's get it going. But Greg, you know, it's interesting that um, I love the fact that they're they're sort of you know engaging in the um, more than just the lighting of the space and adding that element because in in this studio here, the only thing that reflects that bounces sound is the light fixtures. Um, You know, Greg. uh, is this something that you think lighting distributors are, are going to add into their repertoire? Like, how do we get in this game? Yeah, throw it over so you what, and you can take it you know, back that, over to Sohana. <laughs> that's always what I, I'm always looking at from that angle is, is how does it make sense and where does it make sense? And what I'm seeing in, in office spaces is, you know, the transition from places that have cubicle walls, for example. And I was in one the other day that says, yeah, we have all these. There's no one in there right now. Obviously, it's a little different time right now. But either way, they said, we're going to take them all down and make it a wide open space. And when you think about that, and that's obviously where this idea comes from, why it makes sense is for that exact application, right? I mean, there's going to be a lot more noise that comes in when walls are removed. Not just walls, but ceilings. So if you think about kind of, you sort of, if the trends uh, sort of, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of the evolution of the office space. I mean, 20 years ago, cubicle walls were highly accepted, not even highly accepted. They were high, which sort of isolated people. And you actually had conditions where you're heating and cooling spaces differently because of high partitions and its energy costs that could actually be uh, reduced. So the other part of it was the, the way that developers or building owners were trying to minimize floor to ceiling spaces. So they, you know, and, and that's still happening today where people are trying to gain an entire floor just by shrinking the ceilings. It almost the way that we approach this was sort of a, an evolution of uh, a defiance from the design community saying, wait a minute, you're now going to shrink my floor to ceiling. I can't put an acoustic tile ceiling in this space anymore because it makes it feel really enclosed. So if I remove that acoustic ceiling, then maybe it makes the space feel more open up. You know, you've now you've got cable trays, you've got conduit, you've got H exposed ductwork, you've got all these things in the ceiling that you didn't have before. And this was, I mean, indicative about 20, 15 years ago of, of that open office design, right? But what did it do? It actually, you know, those kind of exposed hardware or, you know, uh, systems really have invoked sort of a, 
a presence of more industrial feel. So now you're going to introduce materials like glass or concrete or brick or any of those that don't have any good sound absorption materials. So now you've taken away the sound absorption acoustic ceiling and you've introduced hard surfaces. So it's almost like an, a, a, you know, a, a conflict of interest of being able to have people sit at their desk and feel like, hey, I can focus on my task and get some stuff done and I have enough ability to do that. But, you know, the design of that system, which was great for collaboration, you know, you overhear somebody talking and you're like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, I can contribute to this conversation. But then there are times when you don't want to contribute yeah, to that conversation. there's times you don't want to hear what the hell they're talking about. Exactly. Like some some exactly. people's what some people what some people think is a normal conversation can be super offensive or annoying. Actually, yeah, exactly. No, I'm, like, exactly. I mean, whatever side you're on, whatever whatever it is, like, yeah. you know, whether you have two For people, sure. two young guys talking about chasing tail on Friday night, or you got um, <laughs> yeah. you got two you know crazy Christians talking about converting you to Jesus, whatever the hell it is. Whatever like, it is. There exactly. are times when you just you don't want any part of it, like. You know, you just want to be in your exactly. own space and doing your work. And you got nothing against them. Total talk. I don't no. care what you talk hey. about. You know? But then there just might be somebody talking about a project. And, and you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are you doing on that? And, hey, maybe I have, you know, something I'm working on. You might need to know about that on your pro on that process of your project or whatever. But, you know, we don't get to control that, right? Noise, unlike lighting, you, you can turn it on and off. You can't really turn sound on, on and off. A siren or a you know a fire truck runs by you. You don't get to control that. Well, that's so, what, that's what the, a... the rise of Bose Quiet Comfort headphones. Like everybody that <laughs> flies a lot has a set of Bose Quiet Comfort headphones because they just want yeah. a little bit of silence. And there's other things like in Europe you have silent train cars, where mm -hmm. yeah, where it's like this is a quiet car. You can't talk on this car. What do you mean I can't talk? No talking on your phone and having a conversation with your friend that you think is super cool. It's nice and just nice and quiet in here. Everybody's sitting, yeah. you can read the newspaper and it's just a quiet. And I think if lighting can contribute to that, I think it's a huge innovation, Greg Eric. But how do we sell it? We're back to that again. <laughs> well, let's get into let's, let's let's get into the product a little because that's what I need to understand okay. more to be able to sell it. So uh, it's a decorative fixture. I looked at it on the website and it's a decorative fixture with multiple color options and things, but it, it's always suspended, correct? Um we yeah. For now it's always always suspended. Okay. And, and we and then, we do have an additional sort of linear line from our near ray family that sort of has the linear baffles. So when you think about acoustic tiles, all you've really done is taken a, a horizontal surface and made a vertical. Okay. And as far as the shape, I think you kind of alluded it to there, but round or square or rectangle, is that where we're at with it right now? really basic shapes. I mean, you've got the okay. uh, box, you've got a trapezoid sort of angled, which actually oddly with, when we kind of looked at the shapes and we looked at the data back from our testing labs, it's actually the most conducive shape to helping sound absorption, which is kind of interesting. And then you've got a, you know, can of squares without rounds, so we've got drums. And then, um, like I said, a linear baffle family next to us sort of with a slot family sort of has that integrated lighting and then non-lit baffles that they offer as well so the, so it, uh, the uh, suspension though greg is key to the sound absorption that's part of it 
Um, I believe, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm speaking here, but maybe that's not true. But I know that when I built this studio here, that they, if I wanted the light, I had to, I had to have suspended fixtures. That the in, in ceiling or surface mount fixtures would have caused there to be more sound, less sound dampening or a less sound absorption. So I think, I think the suspension is part of the sound dampening effect. Is that, a, is that correct? I think it could be looked like that because you're basically introducing a product in, in a lower plane. Mm -hmm. So as sound is bouncing, it's stopping when it hits the fixture. And it's stopping from the top sound. too. So if it goes off the ceiling yeah, and down, so, it's stopped from the right. top as well. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. So, so if you look at like prop materials, so acrylic or glass or wood or any of those have something called an NRC, which is a noise reduction coefficient value. All that means is that, hey, sound is hitting a surface and getting absorbed. And a certain percent may, depending on the value of that NRC, so 1.0, for instance, is 100% sound absorption. But if it hit, if it's 0.75, which is maybe a really good ceiling tile, that means 25% of that sound is going back into the space until it hits another surface and a certain amount is absorbed and then it goes back. And so it keeps going until the sound deadens. And that's so where you fixtures. get these like these sounds, like it's almost like a hum or drum through like a large mall because sounds just bouncing off everything and yeah. becoming like a white noise when you're walking yeah. through a space. Noise reduction coefficient value. That's right. So your, so the NRC, does every fixture you have have a rating of that? It does. And in fact, the that industry is moving to something. So we, we listed an NRC slash SAA, which is a sound absorption average. And all that's done is minim, like added more frequency bands so that depending on if you're female or male or whatever, whatever the spectrum is, that you're allowed to, that it does more sound absorption. It's just a better value, just a little more accurate. So we, we publish so you, both. Yeah. You mentioned a, a good ceiling tile is 0.75. What's a good light fixture? That was exactly what I was going to ask. Did you look at ours? That's exactly what I wanted to ask. <laughs> yes, because it's, it's, it's like, it's, like ne it's a negative plus a positive, is it not? We can define that. Explain so that the, the sound is bouncing off the existing light fixture and coming straight back mm -hmm. down. You're subtracting that, and then you're adding the sound absorption of your new fixture. So the sound payback or the sales proposition is actually a negative for the old fixture and a positive for the new fixture. So a negative plus a positive should be a positive in this case, but it's actually a negative. So yeah, I know it's a negative <laughs> in that it reduces sound even more, right? So Correct. the negative yeah. plus the positive is a negative. Yes. Yeah, so it, yeah. Even, it even reduces it more, which is what you want, correct? Maximum sound correct. reduction, yeah. Yeah. And there's, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's an actual like above floor to ceiling kind of ratio that if you put fixtures at a certain level, like let's let's pretend it's seven feet, you know, maybe it's five to seven feet above finished floor or set of seven feet, you're, you're going to minimize the sound and you will have, you know, some of the same attributes as if, as if you had a horizontal ceiling tile. I mean, that's what spaces used to be, right? You had acoustic tile ceilings everywhere. In, it's really in this sort of, uh, like I said, once that got removed, what are you going to do? You're trying to put something back. So because you have the real estate of the light fixture, you could actually add back that that back in. You think about a typical office spacing of, you know, eight by eight or 10 by 10 spacing in a space. You know, if you don't have any sound absorption materials, people, you know, you have a lot of things like carpet, maybe. 
You might have sound wall coverings, maybe. You might have a partition, maybe. If you don't have some of these things, but you, you know, we're just, we're not the answer. I would say we are a contributing factor that helps. And so when you want people to be able to come back and have a similar situation where they used to have an acoustic tile ceiling above their head, you're putting that sort of back, but in a different kind of fashion, that's a little bit more decorative. That's something I've noticed as, as this sort of market has evolved for acoustic lighting and integrated fixtures is that it has become a little bit more of a design element because it's a material that we didn't have before. So say five years ago, you know, maybe in Europe, maybe they were thinking about it, <laughs> but we, I don't, I don't think there were a lot of sound absorption integrated lighting pictures like five years ago. And so it's sort of introducing a new method with color and texture and design. You know, there's a lot of that that's been added back. So what is the rating of a good acoustic fixture? In theory, it'd be 1.0, but here's something that's interesting. And so if you look at the ratings that we have on our fixtures, they're actually over 1.0. So one way to think about it is that when you have lighting and you have reflectance values, you know, you put a, you do a lighting calculation in a space and you look at, um, you know, how much lighting is going around. It's, it's literally doing the exact same thing. It's just that your eyes are perceiving light and it's bouncing around and, and you can either concentrate light or you can make it super diffuse, which makes it a little more comfortable on the eye. You know, so there's a lot of things that you're looking at in terms of, of lighting. The same kind of thing can be applied to sound, but except you're that you're hearing. So when we send our fixtures to the testing labs, <laughs> um, the tests that they have are only done for materials that are in a horizontal surface. So when a glass company sends in their material or a wood company or a concrete company, it's flat. They were not prepared or nor have they fixed the testing for a vertical or a slanted or three-dimensional object. So our fixtures actually tested higher than 1.0 because they're doing more. But, you know, in theory, it follows the same principles as lighting is from zero to 1.0 is your absorption or sound, you know, rating for sound, same as it is for reflectance value and lighting. So there's, there's a lot of interesting correlations. It just depends which of your senses is picking up on it. It sounds like Mike's got something hot here, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. otherwise. <laughs> we can see that. Okay, <laughs> I, I've got one. I've, I've got one. So. Too much on this <laughs> yeah, one. You're thank you. So, hey, uh, the, a non-acoustic fixture, does that have a, a rating? Is that something that has an NRC no. rating? No, zero. It, it could. It could. No, yeah. you, you could send it to a lab, and you could, but no one's ever asked. Architects, because it's not a, a material that's really – factored into their equation which is That's kind of part of the payback about. though you got to get that right because like i said right. there's a negative and a positive going on here you got to get that yeah. going yeah but because on. there there's no sound absorption unless you put sound absorbing materials around it no one's really why would you why would you offer that value it's going to be unfavorable <laughs> and it doesn't right. hold any value unless it's an architect or someone like that evaluating the space because they're the ones held accountable for the finished space and design right and so but but the funny thing is is that you hear is all the time is that anything that's related to sound absorption or blocking is always taken out of the conversation even when they're first sort of you know sketching out their design plans 
But what's funny is that once they've moved in, that's when all the employees complain about sound is after they moved in because they did not either factor it or they did not, or they VE'd any sort of sound absorption material. And it's such a huge problem when people have moved in and there's actually sound, you know, going around because people are now occupying spaces and then they realize, Oh, well, this is a problem. So if you think about maybe incorporating sound integrated lighting fixtures ahead of time, maybe in the SD phase, or even into CDs, you're going to help the, the problem from the get-go. Good. And um, the light fixture itself. Now we talked about, I know there's a material around it that makes it sound absorbing, but the actual fixture and the material inside, is that a standard LED fixture? Or are you doing something unique that you don't do in your other non-acoustic fixtures? I mean, we, you know, be, being Cooper, we, we hold ourselves to a certain level and we developed our own light engine that's an edge lit acrylic that sort of takes the material and deflects it in a certain distribution up and a certain distribution down. So um, for us, you know, lighting is paramount. That's the first thing that we're going to think about and the quality of light that, that we deliver. So our light engines are, you know, meet a certain criteria per our standards. Um, which allow them to be performance-based. So I think, um, you know, that, that will always be the case for the most, you know, for our, for our company. And for, for those fixtures, are people specifying a color and an output? Or are you saying multiple colors? It has the ability to dim. Where are we at on that in terms of output and, and everything? So it's zero to 10 volts. So you can dim it. Uh, I think it's 1% dimming. Um, but what's interesting, we actually, I, I randomly came across this uh, post on Instagram for an architecture firm I followed, very random. They actually incorporated the colors per the the uh, the corporate colors that they were doing in the space. So they picked a box fixture and it had a light green and a, and a lime green and a, and a dark green kind of color. They incorporated that into everything that was going into the space. They had a green wall that had the two tones of colors. They had other sound absorption materials that were in those colors. So it, the, the allowance of all of these colors sort of gives a designer a lot of freedom to be able to incorporate what's on trend, what's on par with the color scheme. And now it fits in with the light fixture. Otherwise, you're looking at, you know, what, white, maybe silver, maybe black, and that's about it. But now you get to integrate colors that actually match. So everything looks very intentional. Good. And, and the fixture itself, I assume, is, is not um, replaceable down the road or able to be serviced once the light is out. You need to dispose of the acoustic part that goes with it. So interesting you mentioned that. The actual acoustic material itself is 100% recyclable. So it's, okay. it's made of recycled plastic. So 60% of the content, which is one of the highest, is actually comes from, you take these plastic bottles, you melt them down, you produce this sort of nylon thread, you compress it, you've made these sort of you know, sound absorption boards. And that's really what's doing the bulk of the sound absorption. The Phil's felt prides himself on felt and the color variations. And this is a like a merino wool that comes from sheep and they are unharmed. <laughs> they just get a haircut once a year. It's kind of funny. And then the company, uh, or sorry, the, the, the manufacturing process has allowed for these variations and all these colors. We're actually up to 96 now with their new uh, color scheme, which are, are in, not just um, in trend, but are really on par with what designers kind of want to incorporate. So 
there should there I, I don't know if there's a color you can't get and it's going to be darn close if it's a corporate color or something to that effect so that all ties into the branding of a space it all ties into the continuity and just what maybe what a designer is trying to achieve and so nothing would really look out of place including the lighting so is there a, a software system that that can calculate how many fixtures you need or how do they I don't know anything about the sound part of it. So I, I get lighting, yeah. like you need this many lights, but how do you know how many lights right. you need that have the acoustic ability? How does that get calculated? So there are different uh, methods and some, a lot of them are fairly home-baked, I would say, because, you know, if you think about lighting getting beads, sound absorption and sound materials get on a higher track. I would say, you know, on our website, we, with our products, we've developed an acoustic calculator and it all ties into our noise reduction coefficient and SAA values that sort of work into that. So you, what we've really done is said, you know, what could we benchmark this at? Okay, if you had a, a horizontal ceiling tile and you had a certain amount, so you can plug in that square footage of an existing system. And then through, you know, you have to put the rating in and how many fixtures you want to use, and it'll tell you the equivalency. So you can either max it out. So if you had a thousand square feet of acoustic ceiling tile, you'll get the value of how many equivalent fixtures ours takes. Or you have the the ability to say, you know what, we're gonna, we're just going to use like twenty or thirty of them. So it'll tell you how many ceiling, how much more sound absorption material you need in that space based off of that. So it gives you kind of both flexibilities. So. This is not the first time that uh, the lighting industry has embarked on this. Um, I do believe the K12 acrylic material, Greg, you know the K12 mm. material with the diamond little posts in it? I believe that's in all the troffers. I believe that's a sound absorbing material. Um, that oh, the, the prismatic lens? Yeah, maybe? prismatic. Not Yeah, prismatic lenses. I, I believe that yeah. the function of that on wraps and on uh, two, two by four choppers is to engage in some kind of sound dampening. Um, but have, has Cooper considered that this is all health effects of lighting play? Like a lot of times, um, you know, we, we've discovered that, you know, integrative lighting or healthy lighting is like an umbrella under which mm -hmm. a myriad of different wellness um, and health effects measures fall. So slips yeah. and fall reduction would be one of those things. Huh. Circadian photobiology, um, sure. cu different types of cueing. Um, you know, Greg, I'm, you know, there's a couple more in uh, helping uh, Alzheimer's patients sleep better. Um, there's like a bunch of different mm -hmm. techniques that are independent of one another and the fact that they, they all use LEDs but and control systems and stuff like that and color temperature changes and whatever. But there's like this basket of things that um, are improving human health and wellness. I think this falls into that, that world. Has Cooper considered advertising in that manner for that? Um, you know, we don't really, I, I think we're still trying to figure it out. I think there's still a lot of, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, again, yeah, again, as, you know, as a, as a large scale conglomerate, I mean, you have a responsibility to put out information that is accurate and, and beneficial. Um, when I've looked at this presentation originally long, you know, when we pitch it, you know, we, we looked at a, a series that was actually done by, um, you know, our, our uh, partnership. 
in terms of looking at is something called Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm -hmm. applied to workplace strategy. And when you look at that pyramid, you're going to see at the very bottom tier is the most tangible, which is the physiological. So you can affect people in terms of lighting. You can affect their the temperature. You can affect the noise. There, there's a multitude of attributes that contribute to that level that are, are easier and tangible through our products or any products that are integrating, you know, sound absorption and lighting together. So that was sort of how we looked at it, sort of saying, you know, direct benefits, quick benefits to market, all of those were attributed in sort of this lower layer of the physiological of that Maslow's hierarchy of needs applied to workplace. But that being said, yes, there's multitudes of levels above it, you know, and self-actualization and all these other things that, you know, people can look at their circadian rhythm and those things. There's other products that have those benefits or we're looking at right now. <laughs> once we sort of are seeing how our sound absorption fixtures are doing, we can slowly thus think about, you know, the other things that are not yet perfected in the market that we could look at to, to maybe integrate and signify, you know, Cooper being a part of signify has gives sort of given us that uh, open threshold to sort of take a look at those technologies that we could incorporate even thus further. Is there a specific job or application you can refer to that, that, use these fixtures? Why did they use them? What exactly did they do? Anything that you can share with us on that? Sure. I mean, I think the, you know, architects and interior designers are, are, are head looking at this a lot more than they may be used to. And I think the introduction from the lighting industry into that space has sort of made it an awareness um, and being able to sort of use it in helping to sculpt their architecture. Their, you know, Phil Spelt themselves has architectural acoustic ceiling tile ceilings done in a three-dimensional way. If you incorporate lighting into some of these, the way you know we go forward with, I mean, it it all sort of integrates together. It just gives them, it just gives everybody lighting or interiors or architecture a little bit more tools in the toolbox to kind of help deliver the space that they want to their clients. So you brought up Maslow. <laughs> okay. Uh -oh. You you brought them okay. up. Um so at the bottom physiological needs. So what Maslow was really saying is that if you don't have enough food, water, warmth and rest, there's nothing else that matters. That's how the pyramid starts off. Right? Okay. And then it goes into safety like if if you've eaten and you've had enough to drink and you're warm and you've rested, then you start to worry about security and safety. Is someone going to kill me? Should I build a house? right? Or whatever. Mm -hmm. You go into sure. uh, belonging and love needs. So now that you're safe and secure, maybe you want to have a spouse, you know, maybe you want to start a family and these kinds of things. Esteem needs. Now you need to feel good. You want to build your prestige. You want to start to get a grip on lighting podcasts, something like that. <laughs> right. And then, and then um, you, you go to self-actualization, which is that, so you skipped from ph physiological needs over to self-actualization. Went from what right to the like bottom to the top. Yeah, no, but you went from the, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't know where this fits in. I think it is in that self-actualization area where what we're trying to do is create healthy spaces that nudge yeah. people to have good behaviors, yeah. that, you know, reduce distractions, that lower. And stress. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because it, the, 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 there's like an attack from our the things that have made us safe and protected and connected are now attacking us and distracting us and causing us to lose our wellness and what we need is more silence and and more um 
um, ability yeah. to quiet down and to focus on things and and to not have beeps yeah. going off all the time and to be annoyed by other per- uh, someone else's phone rings. How annoying is it when someone has their phone on loud in a room and it <laughs> rings across? Like, get your phone off, sucker! Throwing pens at people. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, you know whatever totally. you know. It's interesting. Whatever we can con- contribute to allow people to de-stress is super important greg eric right now can we sell it though i'm going back to again because greg's the master salesman can we sell it brother i don't i'm wondering how a distributor gets this out there i I think so i mean if the request is there i've I've had one request in in my 15 years of a sound absorbing light fixture um and it was Mm -hmm. in a music room at a school you know they want like a band room where they're practicing an instrument um so there yeah you know, I, I could, but I, I haven't, I don't have a lot of applications, but I, I, I understand new construction. You know, if you're building a place, if you have a new office layout, I could see it being a possibility. It's going to be tough to break into the renovation market with this. That's where, you know, yeah. that's going to be tough. If it's not being designed, it's going to be difficult for distributors to sell it. You know, because you need that sure. designer. You need that person that's coordinating it with the colors and the whole thing. So I, I think it, Greg, this is more of a new construction, you know, place where they're, you know, built. You know what I'm saying? I, I just can't. I, I'm, I'm wondering, like, there's a, you know, the Get a Grip Studios here in Toronto needs a couple of these. Um, <laughs> toot sweet. But, you know, <laughs> but I mean. But I, I think in an office environment, like the one I was talking about, where maybe they have acoustic tiles right now or two by two two by four whatever land ceiling and they're going to remove that and they have cubes and they're going to remove those then that's a major overhaul and at that point that's where something you know they're asking for direct suspended lighting anyways and Mm. you mentioned it earlier but i assume you wouldn't need every fixture you would take an area and figure out how many fixtures then you'd supplement that with other lighting is that typically what you say i mean it's yeah, I mean, I, I'd say linear baffles are probably an easier kind of throughout space type product, but where, you know, it, it's sort of just working hand in hand. So because if a designer would care or a corporation would care to relate everything to each other so that this allows you to have sort of continuity in the design space, but linear baffles are uh, vertical baffles are probably going to be your primary, uh, you know, kind of contributor to removing acoustic horizontal ceiling where, and then the shape or sense products, those are, you know, industry leading in that, and that could be more, you know, uh, intentional in terms of like a mapping, like, Oh, here's an identification space that people can go to or collaborate over or a cafeteria space, you know, where it's super loud and we've removed everything. And so we want to add something back into there. We wouldn't put linear baffles in this space, we, but we could now, tie in all of the colors and, and sort of the feature benefits of that to, to, to make it just seem more intentional. Now, now, given that you guys have been doing it for roughly four years, are you still advancing the product? Is there new things getting learned all the time or is it, is acoustics pretty solid? Like we know this is the right stuff, you know, this size, that kind of thing, or is it always advancing? I'd say it's always advancing. You know what I, the observation after, introducing it to the market. And it was really a, an infancy uh, when we started. Um, the, the reaction has been more in tor- terms of design of the product and using the element of acoustic materials to develop a design versus the properties themselves. And so people are 
it's sort of giving a lighting manufacturer a different material to work with that they had not before with a whole group of colors and other things that and shapes and forms because for the most part you can cnc cut the the uh, you know these sheets of sound absorption boards what we've done with our partnership is that not only are we doing that but we also add a layer of felt that gives that sort of purposed color that's a little bit different than everybody else and so that that's kind of why our products i think you know the, the the density of the material is a lot different than than what most people are offering but but it what what the industry or our lighting industry or even architects have sort of gravitated towards using as a design element over maybe sound absorption in other than maybe the vertical baffles <laughs> okay before we go because we're coming up on 45 <laughs> okay. minutes here so huh? all right um tell me about your 13 patents um oh advent come on <laughs> What do you got? Um, let's see. It's all over the board. I've had responsibility with so many architectural uh, brands. I'm trying to think. You know, we had uh, I had a downlighting brand called RSA. We had created this sort of um, call it almost like a grid system of products that you could integrate a light or not, and mm -hmm. then you could create sort of geometric shapes with that. Um, Shaper Sense was a number of them with the sound absorption materials because mm -hmm. we were kind of at the cusp of introducing that to the market. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. You got me on the spot here. Um, I'm trying to look. I actually had some. Well, so the good news is here. that most people can't, won't, wouldn't forget about the patent they got. Um, so you have you have 13. So you you know you're just like this one, that one, this one. It's a lot. So that's good. Yeah. Um, that you're in it. You're in the you're in the pro oh. leagues with that. Yeah, <laughs> our light architect app so this is an augmented reality app that we have it's available for, downloadable for free that we contributed to um and then there was one that hasn't been published yet but i included it's just sort of a like integrated lighting with uh germicidal uv type products so yeah just so all over the board I'm getting a uh, letter from the producer to shut it down because we're not supposed to go past 45 minutes. But uh, okay. do you have any final <laughs> thoughts, Solana, for the guests and listeners? Um, you know, I, I think it's just, it's definitely something that's integrated sound absorption light fixtures with acoustics is something that you need to kind of do your homework on, but it's not intimidating. Um, I think if you do your research and you sort of look around and see how it can get applied, it, it's probably there's a space for it just about everywhere. So. But and yeah. thank you both for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, and I had to make a halo comment to your hats because that's pretty awesome. Oh, we're going to get you some hats too. <laughs> you know, folks, I, I think I think uh, Sohana said it right. when it, it doesn't seem that intimidating to me, Greg Eric. No. I think it, it's no. natural in a way. Yeah, put it, a, put another arrow in your quiver, folks. Put another arrow in your quiver yeah. when you're out there talking to the people about lighting and let them know that, you know, sound absorption is now on the table for light fixtures. Pretty easy to do. Next thing yeah. you know, maybe you're going to have a couple sales. Maybe you get to market up a little bit more because no one else has <laughs> it. Come on, folks. We all want to make a little bit of scratch. That's what this show is about. That's why you all listen to yeah. it. Go to cooperlighting.com, Greg. That's C-O-P is, whoa, C-O-O-P-E-R-L-I-G-H-T-I-N-G.com. That's right. You talk about forward-thinking lighting solutions. That's a perfect example today. Something that no one else is really getting into, like Cooper is and Signify, and that's why you guys are the world leader in lighting. Keep it up, please. We need it. <laughs> CooperLighting.com, awesome. and thank you to Sohana Arni for being so gracious with us and coming on the show. And if you made it this far, remember, 
the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors, all the members. We thank them so much for supporting all of the media we create to push this industry forward. We're talking about Get a Grip on Lighting. We're talking about Dark Skies, Contrast Ratios. We're talking about all the shows that we do here in the studio to get the conversations going about all these kind of things. And we thank you for your support. If you haven't joined Nailed and you're a distributor, what are you waiting for? Come on, folks. Come on, we've been telling you about this for years now. Go to NAILD.org. And, of course, the NCQLP, I don't I hope this goes out in time, to tell you to sign up for their exam coming up in November. That's NCQLP.org. Folks, if you made it this far to the end, I know I speak on behalf of Sohana, Greg, and myself, and we say we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.